0: Hey, hey! Happy Sunday, church man. It is. Uh, it's been too long, but it is uh, good to see and to hear and to connect with you uh, online uh, by phone. Uh, sometimes even out at the grocery store or at the Walmart, my heart's lifted, my spirits lifted when I see any of our church family and and, and just get a chance to wave or smile uh, from from a distance. Um, that's been a super encouragement to me. I hope you're well this morning. I hope that you and your family are gathered together and uh, are ready to take in what God has to say this morning. We're going to be all over the place in the scriptures, but Preston will have that up here uh, during the message, and uh, we'll move forward. And speaking of moving forward, um, re-entry is coming. Um, we are returning to our places of business, returning to our places of, of service, returning to our jobs and our churches and venturing out of our homes a little bit. And um, we've been talking a little bit uh, the last couple of weeks about how we as Christians re-enter our society and how we have to stay grounded on loving God And loving people and being the salt and the light, being the yummy church to everyone we come in contact with out there, serving, not being served. And as we move a little closer toward, I know, I know you're chomping at the bit to want to know, hey, what day is NBC opening its doors? What Sunday do we get to come back? We're working on it, we promise. What we want to be able to say to you is when we lay a plan out, that that plan to the best of our knowledge is what um, the government says is okay, the people feel like is okay, the elders are sure is okay, the staff is on board with, but most of all, what does God want us to do in this time? How does he want us to respond and then to re Invest in our community as a church body. So, thinking about those things, I want to I want to show you something. A lot of you will recognize this. Um, these four or five pages are the um, church covenant of NBC on Maine. All right, you can. Anywhere out there in the world, um, uh, sign on to our website and you can download a copy of this and see kind of the things that are important to us, all right? And over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about a, a portion of this church covenant, an identity, if you will, as to kind of who we are as a church. Because as we come back, there are going to be people who have seen us um, all over the city, all over the state, all over the world that may or may not continue to join in with us online or might come inside these walls and and see what's going on. And uh, I want to remind our people about who we are and how everything that we want to do passes through some core values that are important to us, but I also want to take the time while we know people are watching, and while I'm talking about people watching, wherever you are, if you're in Virginia, if you're in Texas, if you're in New York or California, would you just right now type in, hi, my name is Mary, and I'm from Indiana, all right, and just let us know where you are and that you're watching. That would be Absolutely awesome for our church family to see, and we thank you for being a part. But uh, I just want to read a little bit of this first page because this is a heart cry. This is important to our family at NBC on Maine, you see there are a lot of things that everybody in the pews and everybody who's watching can disagree on that's the reason we have denominations all over the place because we disagreed on this or we disagreed on that or we want to take communion every Sunday or we want to take communion every quarter or we want to baptize all the way under or we want to spray you with the hose there's a lot of things we can disagree on but here at NBC there there are five things that we would call our essentials our hills to die on, that, that we don't argue about. We, we, we take a stand on these five things. And for anyone who comes in these doors or who checks us out to be a member of our church, we say, if you're not on board with these five, we, we ain't for you. And, and that's not mean. That's just a reality. And so our essentials are these five things. God is God the Father, The creator of everything that exists. He created freely and supernaturally out of nothing. And all things were created for his glory and his honor. And he is sovereign over all of creation. Jesus Christ is his son. He is fully God. He is fully man. And it is through his death and resurrection that we can be saved. All right? And God is the Holy Spirit. When Jesus went back to prepare a place... He sent the Holy Spirit as our counselor and it is by his leading that we have trust, we have faith, we have understanding and we have opportunity and power to bring glory to God by sharing him with the world, all right? We know all this by the fourth thing, the scriptures, the Bible, 39 books of the Old Testament and 27 books of the New Testament is the inspired word of God and fifth, the church. The church is not an institution or denomination. It is made up of all those who offer themselves as followers of Jesus Christ. We believe the church is the body of Christ and exists to glorify God. All right? Those are kind of our essentials. For the next couple of weeks, though, I want to talk about what we call our core values. What's the difference between an essential and a core value? Well, essentials are things that we feel like should run through the body of Christ, the the entire kingdom of believers, all right? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the scriptures, and the church. Those are viable, essential things. Our core values are what make us us, uh, if you think about California, you might think about surfing or beaches or wine or seafood, all right? If you think about Utah or Colorado, you may think about mountains or uh, skiing. If you think about Kentucky, you may think about bluegrass, rolling hills, horses or or bourbon. Uh, if you think about New York, you might think about skyscrapers or Wall Street or the Statue of Liberty. There are things that make you you. And if you think about your family, there are some families that are sports families. Men, they love to watch sports or to play sports or to be on the ball fields. Other families are what I call nature families, or camping families, or lake families. They love to be in a boat, or on a lake, or out in the, the, the forest, all right? Uh, hunters, uh, gatherers, fishermen, and there are others who are creative families. They love to make music, or to make art. There are things that families love to do, all right? There are things that, that kind of guide how they do their, their weekends. Well, we're kind of like that, too. Um, we may be on the same page as Edgewood or, or Catalyst or, or uh, you know, any of our churches in the area on, on some things, but for us, there are four things that when we have an event, When we preach a sermon, when we have a fellowship, when we teach our children or have a youth ministry outing, we want everything we do, all right, to to fall into one of these categories or to amplify or magnify one of these four things. And those things are the Word, the celebration, the body, and the mission, all right? And we're going to talk about a couple of those today. We're going to start with the word. The word is essential for us as the scripture, but it is also a core value of ours. Uh, when I when I preach and when I teach, I don't want to have a story that I want to tell and then tag a message along to it. Or I don't want to go down through a list, alcohol and sex and buildings and churches and debt and finances and just preach on each one of those things and then tag the scripture to it. I want to walk through the scriptures that God gave us. I want to get to know him and love him through his word. So this morning, I just want us to talk a little bit about the word and and about what the word says about the word. We're going to start in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And here's what it says. All scripture, all scripture is God breathed. All Scripture came from within God Himself. And it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Hey, listen, there are people who love Jesus. They really do. But what they want from the Word is teaching. They want teaching, and they want encouragement. And they, they may even take a little training in righteousness, but I'm not about the correcting, and I'm not about the rebuking. We we want the good, but we don't want the bad. Listen, if we understand Scripture in and of itself, if we understand Scripture for what it is and we're honest about it, it is not just good for encouragement, even though it is. It is not just good for training, even though it is. It is useful for teaching, training, rebuking, and correcting, listen, if there is no discipline, if there is no helping guide, if there is no saying that's wrong and this is right, then it's not training us anyway. so so here at NBC on Maine, we believe that the scripture comes from God and it is useful for all of those things. Here's what Joshua says. A lot of people know about be strong and courageous in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. Well, this is the verse right before that in the Old Testament. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day And night. So, if we will remember, if we will dwell on, if we will keep to, if we will study the book of law, the scriptures, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Dwelling on the word, staying in the word, meditating on the word, taking in the word, and then learning to be outwardly obedient to the word that is within you, that leads to prospering. That leads to success. And that excites me as a pastor. I know, I know that if I will keep on preaching the scriptures and if I will do my best to script people, preach the scriptures accurately, then I am certain that whatever prosperity and success looks like in God's plan for me and for our church, then we will have it. That's exciting, church, to know that if we stay in the scriptures, prosperity and success will come to us Let's look at Proverbs. That's always wisdom, Proverbs. And we're going to look at four verses, chapter four, verses 20 through 23. My son, and that can mean you daughters, my children, my people, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Listen, for they are life to those who find him, and health to one's whole body. So guard your heart. The scriptures are life-giving and life-bringing, and if we will... You don't bury them and hide them like, like the light under a lamp, but you put them in so that they may grow. My neighbor and I just planted a garden and and we can't make seeds break open and pull sprouts out, but we have confidence that if we put those seeds in the soil and if we water them and if we tend to them and if, if the sun shines upon them, we know that they will produce fruit. That is what the Word will do, to, to put it in your heart and meditate on it. It will be life-sustaining, life-producing, all right? And one of my favorite passages of Scripture on the Word itself. Oh, this is, this is beautiful. It's joyful. It's soul-filling. This is Psalm chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. There is no flaw in it. And knowing that is refreshing to the soul. Listen, I'm not saying you can't doubt. I'm not saying you can't have questions. We all have moments of doubt and we all have questions. But my faith tells me that the law of the Lord is perfect. The scripture tells me that the scripture is perfect perfect. There is no imperfection in it. And that is refreshing to the soul. My wife's got me running right now. We're doing this thing called none to run. And you walk a little and run a little and walk a little and run a little. And and, and my lungs start to get a little more tired and my mouth starts to get a little more parched, And when I get to the house, I normally want to take a drink, but apparently there are these exercises we have to do. So we do these leg lifts and these hip raises. And, and, and by the time I'm done, I'm parched and, and I'm, it's, I'm thirsty. And, and that's what this is talking about. When, when you can really desire these scriptures, when you drink them, they will refresh your soul. It goes on to say, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, all of them are are righteous. Come on. We can believe in the word. It is pure. It is trustworthy. It is righteous. The precepts of the Lord are right and they give joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Who doesn't want to be refreshed? Who doesn't want to be restored? Who doesn't want to be right? Who doesn't want to have joy flowing from them? Who doesn't want to spread light into the world? And if you don't, hey, the scriptures, the church, we, we're not for you. But if you're looking for that, if you're craving that, if there is something more, if there is something missing, if, if, if it, nothing seems whole or, or, or clean or, or, or right, listen, the fear of the Lord is pure and it endures forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm. All of them are righteous and they are more precious than gold. They are sweeter than honey. By them your servant is warmed. If there's something missing, if there's a, a gap, if 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 gold and, and, and food and then drugs and then drink and relationships and finances, if they're not fulfilling, maybe it's a place where Scripture, statutes and the word are poured out that you need. And maybe then you will find refreshment, revival in your soul. But there's something more to this word that, that makes it all even more real. See, when we say the Word at NBC, we're not just talking about the Scriptures. The Scriptures are an essential, and they are a part of a core value of the Word. But the Word in the Greek is is logos, Word of God, all right? the The Word, all right, logos is the scriptures itself, but it is something way more. Let's look at John chapter one. and in the first chapter of John, even though it's a gospel and it's in the New Testament, it is a part of the the creation story. It harkens back to, and I just used the word hearken two weeks in a row in sermons, it looks back to, all right? Uh, the first couple chapters uh, of the book of Genesis. And here's what it says. It starts with the same three words in the beginning. Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, here's what John says. In the beginning was the Word. and he it's logos. In the beginning was the logos. And the Word was with God. Listen, And the Word was God. He, so now the word is is a is a he. It is an existing thing who was with God and who also was God. He was with God in the beginning. through him, All things were made. Without him, nothing that has been made has been made. So this word who is with God and also is God is the agent of things to come into the world, all right? And who is the word? John tells us in verse 14 of the same chapter. The word, this word that was the agent of creation by and with and in and a part of God, this word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and of truth. Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus himself is the word of God. When God spoke, Jesus was visible. He was with God in the beginning, and God the Father, and God the Son, the Word, and God the Spirit, the Trinity, were one in the beginning. They are the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the Word of God is not just living and active as it works in our hearts, as it speaks to our souls. The Word of God is living and active because Jesus was and is alive. And we believe that and we want to teach that and we want to spread the seed of that in the hearts of all of our community and hope that that takes root root. and by faith, we grab hold of it as a truth. So our first core value is the word. Our second core value, we call the celebration. And it's simply this. We don't want the church to be boring. We don't want the church to be irrelevant. We don't want the church to be religious. We don't. Webster defines religion as doing the same thing over and over again, all right? And insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We believe that gathering together is a privilege. We believe that worshiping God is an honor. We believe that because we are saved by the truth and the grace that came and gave his life for us, that we ought to throw our hands in the air like we just don't care. Our hearts ought to overflow for who God is and what he gave and how his son gave his life and that we have the spirit. And to do that humdrum or to do that boring or to do that religiously or to do that with no joy doesn't make any sense to us. We want to renew and return the celebration of God's church, of of the body of believers Back to him by bringing glory to God with a smile on our faces and an overflow in our hearts. Here's how it looked in the Old Testament. 2 Samuel chapter 6, starting in verse 12. Now, King David was told, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of of God. David was able to reclaim the Ark of the Covenant and bring it back toward home. And they 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 had it for for a period of time in Obed-Edom, and God began to pour out his blessings on Obed-Eden. So David went to bring the ark of God from the house of Obed-Eden to the city of David with Rejoicing, all right? And then, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, they sacrificed a bull. They, they began to worship God with their offerings, with their sacrifices, with their harvest, with their calves. He had taken the bull and a fatted calf, and wearing just a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord, listen, with all his might with all of his might, with all that he could muster. We're going to look more into this word, moed, might, later on, but I don't have time to do that now, but we're going to get there in the next few weeks. While he and all of Israel, listen, while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark, they they made shouts. It just came out, ah, the sound of trumpets as the ark of the Lord was entering the city. Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping, leaping, not not jumping, leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. And they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place. And after they had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty, gave them bread, cake, dates, Raisin cakes to the whole crowd, men and women, and they all went to their homes. But when David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as a vulgar fellow would. Listen, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, I don't know if you've ever been around people where someone has been saved or someone has the Spirit of God on them or someone's just been singing so loud, it might be out of tune, but so loud, or an amen rings out in the congregation or a hallelujah rings out and someone looks over, shh, shh. Or, or someone looks and, oh, we don't do that here. We must be distinguished before God. But praises should overflow. They should come out of us. And David said to Macal, it was before the Lord who chose me or anyone else when he appointed me rule over his people. And I will celebrate, not before you, not before the people, not before your father, before the Lord, and I will become even more undignified than this. I will be humiliated in my own eyes, but by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor? No, 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 no. I'm not dancing for the slave girls. I'm not dancing for you, my wife. I'm not dancing for your father before me. This leaping and this celebration and this joy that is within me, it is for the Lord. It is for what he has done for me. It is for what he has blessed us with. It is because the ark was gone and now it is here in church. That's what we have to find again. That's what's important on the corner of Maine and Chestnut. When when one is lost and and is found, the, the angel you celebrate. It's the, the sun. It's the sheep. It's the coin. Why aren't we excited? Because we once were lost, but now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. We get to come together. And in this time, isn't it so much more noticeable? That when we can't gather and celebrate God, something is missing in our hearts and our minds and we long for the day when we can join together in community to celebrate, here's what I wanna say. Let's not join to join. Let's not be community just to be community. Let's join to do what we were created to do, to bring glory to God, to shout out that our cups run over and celebrate who he is and what he has done in us. And there's another story in Acts in in the New Testament that we can look at. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So they're, they're on their way. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John... About to enter, he asked them, listen, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Here, 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 here. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. He didn't come into the church lowly. He didn't come into the church quiet. He didn't come into the church caring about what everybody else thought. He came into the church jumping. He came into the church walking. He came into the church praising God for what had happened to him when all the people saw him walking and praising God. They recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate and they were filled with wonder and amazement at all that had happened to him. Church if we are excited, if we celebrate what God has done for us instead of complaining or arguing or fighting or moaning or groaning, then people will see and they will want what Jesus has done for us and can do for them. And God will be glorified and there will be more reasons to celebrate. As we prepare for re-entry, as some of you who are thinking about joining our congregation, some of the new families who have missed or wanted to come to Coffee and Covenant and then COVID-19 happened, you're going to be partway there with this message and and the message next week. We want to be a church of the Word, the Scriptures and the Son of God. And we want to be a church that parties, celebrates, well, we want our cup to runneth over. And that's my prayer for you this week, that you find joy and celebration in the study of his word and that your cup runs over. Let's pray. God, in whatever unfathomable way would you do what the psalmist asks for, would you anoint our heads With oil, and would you cause the cup of our hearts to overflow this week? We pray this specifically. Anoint us and allow the joy to run over in our hearts. And let us celebrate you as individuals, as families, and as churches together this week, not just today, but every day. In Jesus' name, amen.